it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hi everyone, thanks so much for listening to another episode of Dogman Encounters Radio. I'm Vic Cundiff and I'll be your host for the show. Before we bring on tonight's guest, if you've had a Dogman Encounter and would like to speak with me about it, whether in private or on the show, please go to dogmanencounters.com and submit a report. I'd love to hear from you. If you've had a Sasquatch sighting and would like to be a guest on Bigfoot Eyewitness Radio, please go to bigfooteyewitness.com and submit a report. All right, let's bring on tonight's guest. Tonight's guest is Matt. Matt, welcome to the show. Hi, Vic. How are you, sir? I've been better. I'm just getting over something. And from what you told me, sounds like you're just starting to get something. So don't we make a pair? <laughs> yes, sir. Actually, I'm, uh, I'm glad I took a little bit of uh, medicine a little bit ago. And it seems to have started to clear me up. So we're good to go. Well, that's good news then. 
Matt, please give us a brief bio on yourself. Okay. Um, I am from Youngstown, Ohio, which is uh, an hour from either Cleveland, Ohio, or Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We are directly in the middle of both of those. I am 46 years old. Uh, my wife, Stacy, and I have a daughter, Amira, who is uh, 13 as of December 22nd. We have two dogs, Beamer and Raven, who will come into play for uh, part of this story or experience. Um I went to Youngstown State University. Before that, I went to a private school in Youngstown. And um, we adopted my daughter uh, from Guatemala. And um, it took us four and a half years and 19 trips to get her home. But she's home. Um, and, uh, we are a very happy family. Uh, we just got back from a three week vacation, uh, in Florida that we do every single year. And our, uh, trip down to Florida will actually also come into play for part of my experience, um, a little bit later. So that's basically, uh, you know, just a little quick rundown of, of who I am. Yeah, unfortunately, that trip to Florida will come into play here. You had reservations about whether you should talk about your encounters tonight or not. What more can you tell us about that? Well, uh, you know, we had, while we were down in Florida, um, I had, uh, you know, a couple experiences over a four-day period um, that, kind of cropped up since we uh, have a friend of ours that lives down in Florida and we went out to dinner with him uh, this one evening and uh, we got on the subject of, you know, he is a, he said, he said he doesn't get into actually killing animals. Uh, he is into uh, target shooting, which I am as well. I don't hunt. I never have hunted. Um, he said he occasionally goes deer hunting, but uh, he said this day he was just shooting targets. But uh, on this day, he said that he truly believed that he was in the presence of a skunk ape, which anybody that is not really aware of that, it is, you know, one of the, the southern Bigfoot, which uh, are supposedly uh, not as big as the northwest version or the uh, maybe even the grass man who they I've heard different stories that grass man is bigger uh, like the northwestern one or maybe even a little smaller. But um, uh, one of the other stories I've heard about the Florida uh, Bigfoots or the skunk ape is that they are more aggressive. And he said that he thinks he was in the presence of one. He had knocking, he had um, uh, 
the the smell which so many people have you know said that it is something they noticed when they see bigfoot or whatnot that they the horrible smell and uh the wet dog slash egg uh, you know carrion type of smell um and he had said he even saw some strange um footprints and you know uh, again those who don't know too much about uh the skunk ape apparently there is a different kind of footprint which i've heard some rumors that they're three toed um that some people i guess think that there might be inbreeding going on which could uh, cause you know abnormal mutations not a much unlike you know human beings if they're inbreeding you get you know some some genetically uh damaged uh cells going on there which causes uh you know different afflictions or uh, you know anatomical changes to them um long story short again uh he was out shooting he thought he saw the tail end of one he said he saw a big shadow but he never ever once said he saw it physically he never saw you know it's it's face or, or it's body really just kind of like a glancing out of the corner of his eye shadow um and once he told me about that i actually went into sharing with him that my experience years ago, which we're going to be getting into here, um, when I was a child, um, that uh, is connected with a dog man. I started talking to him about it, but then my wife kind of gave me a quick look as, you know, saying, hey, you know, your daughter's sitting here and she's only 13 and uh, she would be extremely nervous if she heard the story which i told him what had occurred over a four-day period or i'm sorry that what happened after this evening it, it we had some things happen over a four-day period so i i went to the bar with him and i went into telling him the story that occurred with me and my friends when i was a little kid when i was 15 years old and um after i told the story i had some strange events happening to me uh at the condo we stay at um in terms of there was some type of of animal that was hanging around uh the patio uh area uh the upper patio area um which is uh, a a floor up off the ground, you know, down in Florida because of, of flooding that can occur during hurricanes or other situations. Um, they will, especially in the beach area, which we were at, you know, they will put, put structures up, like I just said, higher so that uh, that first floor of said building does not immediately get flooded. So what was going on was um, 
my dogs started acting strange. And when I say strange, uh, they normally, you know, liked to walk uh, through the, the sliding glass doors. They open, they're really cool. They open real wide. Uh, there are three doors that uh, go together and they push all the way into the wall, which basically takes a big, huge wall and, and hides it away in the structure so that you have this, basically your, your, uh, extra room out, uh, all going on your balcony. And, um, they like to, when I open those doors up, they nine out of 10 times will go out there. They'll, they'll sometimes lay out there and, and stare out at the water from up there. And, uh, what I started noticing was they were not going out there. In fact, not only that, they were going in the bedroom and they were not coming back out until I closed the sliding glass doors, which was so strange. But then what also had occurred was um, I had heard some strange noises. And when I say strange noises, it, we have uh, right directly across the street is the beach where we go is uh, it's, it's called Indian shores. And then there's Indian rocks and the St. Pete, uh, Tampa area of Florida. Um, and, uh, that the beach is right across the street. Well, what is outside of our balcony is the intercoastal and we have right underneath where our balcony is our mangrove trees of a huge mangrove. And, um, it will, as the night goes on, it will, uh, the, the tide comes in and the mangroves fill up with water. Well, what I started hearing was I started hearing walking through the water and, um, I went out a few times before I started to see things. Um, I saw, uh, when I first saw something I had seen, basically it, 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 you saw the water and right under the balcony was just a small strip of grass that went the entire length of the condo facility. Uh, the, and, um, and it was probably, I don't know, maybe, 35 40 yards long but width it was maybe only 10 feet wide and this like i said went the whole length of the building well after you go you know the farthest point in the width the water starts when it comes in and those mangrove trees are there well i noticed right underneath where the balcony uh is um the water uh, was disturbed in terms of uh, there was, you know, there's a lot of mud underneath that water when the water comes in from the tide and the silt and stuff was, was 
all disturbed, but that wasn't the strange thing. The strange thing was you could tell where there were footprints going through this. And it was not long after I went out on the balcony and I had heard that sloshing like somebody walking through there. Um, when I got out there, I saw basically footprint size, uh, you know, uh, strides with the, with, uh, the footprints going through the mangroves into where I couldn't see where they went anymore. And the water, like I said, it was disturbed with, with the silt being pulled up. Um, I would go back in and then I would kind of hear some walking again. And finally, at one point I, went out there and I actually just out of the corner of my eye caught eye shine. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. And this was I shine that was not right because we have, you know, down in Florida, you have a lot of alligators. Um, there are deer that actually go through the area that we're in. Uh, they don't uh, usually ever go into the mangroves. Uh, the only time they'll kind of go near that is when they need some water to drink. They, you know, maybe will go in there. Um, but usually they don't mess with the water in there. The intercoastal is basically, you know, the salt water, but they do have some areas uh, with some uh, fresh water that goes through because they have uh, kind of across from this mangrove a uh, man-made lake as well. 
and uh, they will go over there to drink fresh water, but then uh, they'll go up on the grassy area I just told you about. They'll eat the grass, and then wherever they go from that point on, I don't know. I started noticing eye shine, and they would, uh, even though I would be shining the light literally right in the eyes of whatever this was um, it was not leaving it would stay there and it would blink uh you know and this was high up off the ground now i can't say how tall whatever this was because i was you know above it so that's really hard to gauge uh, how tall something is when you're looking down at it. Um, I never got to see uh, exactly what this was, but I definitely saw an outline and uh, the distance between the two eyes was decent size. Um, so whatever it was had a, had a relatively big head, um, and the footprints, even though I had no idea again, uh, what, what size the footprints or, or what this, this, whatever creature was, it seemed like the footprints were, were relatively large. So, um, it was hanging out down there for a while. And then, uh, when I would really start to shine the light that my, I had one of those new flashlights that are super, super bright led. Well, it has a function on it where you can cause the light to, uh, strobe. And when I would do that, it would uh, obviously find it kind of irritating because it would turn and it would it would leave for however long. But it kept coming back over a four day period. And, uh, you know, the fact, again, that my dogs who would nine out of 10 times any time. Uh, there are animals because where I live in Ohio, we have woods behind my house, any kind of animal. It does not matter what it is. They will go right up to our fence in the backyard and they will growl, bark, uh, challenge whatever is going through the woods. And uh, they, as I said earlier, they want to nothing to do with the balcony when the doors were open over this four-day period now when none of this was going on before it started to occur and after this four-day period when we left so for four days straight I was seeing this eye shine and signs something was down there. We left uh, after that four-day period where it was showing up. We left two days later, but during that two days, uh, I did not see anything anymore. So, um, 
you know, I never got to figure out what it was. But during that time, the dogs never wanted to be out there. But that last two days where whatever it was wasn't out there, they were on the patio. They were on the balcony and they did not care. They were out there. They were hanging out. Uh, So they were really freaked out by whatever was down there during that four-day period. And I would have loved to have known what it was. I had mentioned to you yesterday what your thoughts were on skinwalkers. You hear a lot of stories about uh, the Native Americans who, when they discuss um, skinwalkers, first and foremost, they, they always, I always hear that don't talk about skinwalkers because if you talk about them, you're going to draw attention uh, to uh, yourself. And if there are skinwalkers around, or even if they are not in your immediate uh, area, it will you know, in some way, shape, or form, give them the, you know, ability to know that they're being talked about. And, uh, you know, some of the stories, again, are that they've come after people, they've hurt people, uh, they've they've cursed people. You know, you could find a number of different things that, that have been said uh, just from talking about skinwalkers. So, uh, <laughs> You know, looking back on my dogman experience, like I said, when I was 15, you know, I, I had said to my friend, uh, I'm starting to wonder if it was a Skinwalker and, um, you know, that the fact that the, the night after I spoke about this subject and mentioned skinwalkers specifically that we started having activity outside our condo and right under our balcony the night after I started talking about it was really freaky. And, you know, it really has put me in a state of thinking that, Possibly it was a skinwalker or skinwalkers, and uh, they were drawn to me because I I was talking about them, and it makes me wonder. You know, I, I remember watching. Uh, there's, I, I wish I had his name right now. He is a um, retired Navajo. Uh, police officer and you know there's a lot of shows on the travel channel uh will they'll discuss skinwalker ranch out uh you know i think it's idaho possibly um or utah and um they they uh you know just discuss a lot about it well this one navajo police officer has become pretty famous uh, because he is he has been going around giving seminars with one of his uh, police officers that he uh, was a Navajo officer with, and they go around talking about what happened 
And uh, during their 10 years there the, of their experiences, and they give opinions on the skinwalkers and different kinds of cryptids that they either dealt with personally or know that, uh, you know, fellow officers had dealt with. And they actually had put together, according to him, a, uh, you know, kind of like a cryptid skinwalker uh, SWAT team, basically, that would get orders to go out and deal with these things when they were, you know, either killing livestock or, um, you know, hurting people. And uh, he, he uh, I, again, I wish I could, I could, uh, find out his name uh, i forget it but he's a, a very uh a very drawing person uh he he sucks you into hearing his personal stories um but you know he he himself also talked about if you talk about skinwalkers uh, you will invite them and their energy to uh latch on to you and they will not necessarily come after you and hurt you but they he said there have been instances where people talked about skinwalkers and some of the different animals or creatures that they can turn into um and uh, apparently people have been killed, they've been possessed, they've been put under, you know, different kinds of control by them, or uh, someone was killed and their likeness was taken over by the skinwalker. So um, I really recommend to anybody, uh, you know, that has had experiences with with uh, the dogmen to, you know, possibly look into if you have any questions that they, you know, might not have, have just been a dogman, I would look into it, uh, you know, and I'm sure Vic can point you in the right direction uh, for, for getting more information on them. So when uh, you're ready, Vic, I will be more than happy to elaborate on my experience when I was 15 years old, which led to, again, this story that I told while we were down there. And I feel like now, you know, I, I had not brought up what I was just talking about. The, the Navajo officer had said that in an elder that they had went into a, a uh, place and an elder also talked about skinwalkers and, and that they can be anybody. They can be, you know, a judge. They could be a lawyer, a doctor. You don't know who they are. It could be, you know, a, a relative of yours and, and you, would not, you would not know. Um, or they turn into just general animals like fox or, uh, you know, wolves or, you know, whatever. And, uh, you know, anybody that has looked into the story of the Skinwalker Ranch, again, I think that's in Utah. Um, there are some really crazy, amazing stories that have uh, gone uh, about the Skinwalker Ranch. Um, 
man, and, and it really has put me in a strange place because the experiences I had after I told my friend makes me think, did I, because I mentioned just, I just mentioned skinwalkers. Did I, did I really bring something to the condo that was, you know, studying me or trying to make me go away or not ask about it? Uh, you know, I don't know, but I have been very paranoid uh, since that has occurred. And on our way home uh, from Florida, we drove down there because we take our dogs and, you know, we're not going to put our dogs in the belly of a plane and take a chance of them either getting hurt somehow. But uh, we drive down there and, uh, <sighs> On our way back, I had some some just experiences, be it if I was just paranoid. Uh, but, you know, I have always been someone who has said, trust your gut instincts. If your stomach is telling you that, you know, something doesn't feel right or, you know, you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that or you should do this or that, um, you know, listen to that little voice more times than not because I have had many experiences over my lifetime where my gut instinct was correct. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I have been... Uh 
really freaked out, like I said, ever since talking about Skinwalkers that evening. And even since we got home, uh, like I said, we have woods behind my house. And, you know, I just feel like, I don't know, I feel like something is off. Like, I, I, there have been nights that I feel like I've been watched. And we have... Uh, with the woods behind our house, my, my space, my man cave is in the, the back of my house, which a huge, big window I have right next to my chair. I look out at my woods and, you know, like last night I was very noited out. I felt like something was watching me from the woods. I did not see anything. I did not hear anything. But I just had that feeling of paranoia or dread. And it just makes me wonder if possibly something was going on. It's only natural that an experience like that one would put you in a strange place. It really does make you wonder what it was that you saw that night. You weren't alone the night when you had that encounter when you were 15. What can you tell us about the people who were with you that night? Yeah, I was with uh, three friends of mine, uh, very, very close friends of mine. Uh, my buddy Sean, my buddy Brian, and my buddy Mike, or Ron. I, I apologize if, if I'm... I, I, I'm getting older, so I'm forgetting. It's e it was either Ron or Mike that was the last guy, but there were four of us. Geez, I wish I could remember right now who that was. Uh, but like I said, there were four of us. Uh, we we all experienced the same thing. It wasn't like I got separated and I only saw this uh going on all four of us saw it all four of us experienced that sheer terror is the best way i can explain it uh and you know unfortunately uh, my best friend sean is no longer with us um but my other two friends are still you know thankfully alive um I had actually asked them if they would like to uh, come on and discuss the story. And uh, they, you know, are, are, you know, and they have professional jobs like the majority of us. And they, you know, uh, are just concerned about discussing a subject like this because, you know, as you and I have spoken about, unfortunately, um, you know, you still are going to have those people in this day and age who, even though, you know, <laughs> we ourselves who had the experiences know that it really occurred, you're always going to get those that are going to say you're crazy or this person's crazy and they talk behind your back or they spread rumors about you and uh you know it's frustrating especially when you know something occurred and you have other witnesses who you know would if if really need be would put their hand on a bible or testify in court that this occurred um you know it's just a shame that that you know we're still somewhere in the world that you know if you talk about a subject like this 
most of society frowns on subjects like that. And unfortunately they throw, uh, they lump people in categories together and they, you know, basically would say, you know, that you're crazy if you believe that. Well, like I said, there are, were three other uh, people that were there that evening and they all saw the same thing. I asked them if they would be willing to talk about this uh, on the show, like I said, and they said, you know, they're sorry, but they just they don't want to, you know, possibly put their their job in jeopardy by, you know, talking about this. So um, I understand. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's totally understandable. If at any time they decide that they'd like to talk with me about that encounter because they think it would help them feel better, then yeah, please make sure they understand that I'm always here. But having said that, Matt, let's talk about that encounter now. Please give us every last detail that comes to mind. Okay, well, uh, as I was starting to talk about, it was the summer. Um, I was 15 years old, but in Youngstown. Like a lot of other places in the United States, even though it's uh, Northeast Ohio, uh, we are less than an hour away from Lake Erie, one of the biggest uh, lakes in in the country. Um, It gets extremely hot. Uh, We have had some horrific summers and we get very, very hot summers with extreme humidity, which anybody that knows, say you have 98 degrees and then 100% humidity or even 90 degrees with 100% humidity, it is absolutely miserable. So I will always remember how hot it was and, and, uh, how humid it was and we were all sweaty so uh that stuck out to me that night where we would go and where this occurred is if you go online and you google youngstown ohio uh that's spelled y-o-u-n-g-s-t-o-w-n and you go to youngstown ohio steel mills um they are basically, although there is a company that still uh, is making steel down there, for the most part, uh, 75% of all of the, the uh, industrial areas from the steel mills, they, they're just rusting away. Uh, they're, they're falling apart. Um, but we would as young, adventurous, uh, <laughs> very wild young guys, um, we would go down to the steel mills and, you know, it was you know, looking back now, uh, you know, there could have been some really bad things that have could have gone on down there, not just from the experience we had, but just in, in terms of, uh, you know, who knows who we could have ran in down there. And during this time, uh, you know, this is when there was a lot of gang violence going on. Uh, the Bloods and the Crips was going on during that time. So many shootings. And we, you know, we just we were young and in our, our, 
our our kind of bubble that you know when you're young and you have your buddies uh you know you guys all kind of just the rest of the world doesn't really exist and you guys just do your thing well you know and looking back as a parent oh my god if i if i found out my daughter was doing something like what we did i would have a heart attack and never let her out of the house again um but if you Google Youngstown, Ohio steel mills, you and go to images, you will get a great idea of what it looks like down there. They have aerial views. Um, so we would go down there. Uh, a buddy of mine actually lived. Another friend who wasn't there that evening lived right across the street from this uh, big drive that the uh, like semi trucks filled with whatever kind of supplies would drive up and down out of the the area there uh, and you know either take steel from there or bring supplies in there to make steel well this drive was across a highway uh, that would take you right down into the steel mill area and we would go down there and we would stay there all day long. There's this one building. Uh, so you would go down the hill and you would uh, come up to railroad tracks. Well, before the railroad tracks, there were these big, huge piles of dirt and uh, supplies to make steel, like they call it Coke. Um, and it, it was just this stuff that they would mix uh, or use to either heat. I'm not sure exactly what they did with it, uh, but they, it would, they would utilize it to make steel. Um, and they had these gigantic piles of it, like small little like hills, literal hills of them. And these hills were giant. I mean, some of them probably went up, you know, 30 feet in the air. And after you would crawl or not crawl, you'd get up and go back down the other side over these hills. Uh, there were railroad tracks and they were still in use. In fact, to this day, I believe they're still in use. You would cross these, these uh, railroad tracks and we had to be careful because, uh, because the train would come through there and on these trains, they would have uh, railroad security that not only protected the trains, they were also taxed with uh you know if there's people down there that should not be down there with you know either calling the police to take care of them to get them out of there or they themselves would you know shoo off whoever was down there these guys were armed and uh you know they just would cause unneeded problems for us if uh you know they would catch us and for the most part they never really did uh so if we heard the train we would, we would you know take cover somewhere so after you cross the railroad tracks there's a number of buildings this one building we kind of made it our own personal headquarters so to speak and uh 
basically there were wild dogs that would that lived down in that area and just that lower part of Youngstown, Ohio. And, uh, you know, we picked this building because there were no stairs that you could walk up to get up to go into this building. Uh, I, I forget if they were just so deteriorated, that's why, or if they took them out or whatever, but um, we would have to jump up and uh, kind of roll once we got up onto it to uh, get up and get up uh, into the building. So if these wild dogs that lived down there were, say, chasing us and were trying to get us, once we got up off the ground onto the opening area, um, they couldn't get up there. So, as I said, we made this kind of our our headquarters, and on the inside, uh, it was cavernous. It was huge, Um, and what they had in there was so they had all these. It it is kind of crazy because they left so many different types of of things there at these buildings now maybe they were still storing them maybe they were still utilizing them and they they just left them there and they would come take whatever they needed if they ever needed it or they just said you know we don't need it anymore and just let time take it well imagine uh taking say for instance a big oil drum and cutting it in half. So you have, uh, you know, kind of like a U shape. And uh, there was a ton of these all over. They had rows of them. So what we did is, you know, since there was at one end or the other of this big building, there was just big open walls. So you could look through once you got up onto the the opening, uh, you could look through the entire building out the other side and see, you know, this all the way down. Uh, there was all kinds of other buildings down there. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So uh, what we did is we would go in there, we did go in there, and we took a ton of these pieces of metal, these kind of U-shaped, you know, like I said, like a barrel cut in half, metal, very thick metal too. And what we did is we, we made rows of them going from one side of the opening to the other and then we started stacking them on top of each other kind of uh you know so that we had a wall going side to side and up and down and we helped each other so what we would do is we would uh three of us would stack these pieces of metal as high as we could get them so that we had these makeshift walls that would most importantly hide us from these trains and these security guards that would ride on the outside of the trains. And, uh, you know, also at night, we would stay down there at night as crazy as it seemed. And looking back, it was crazy what we were doing but we just did not see you know the stupidity of what we were doing we just were young tough teenage boys and you know we just wanted to hang out down there so uh we got pretty solid walls from side to side and up and down and uh we sealed ourselves in at night and uh, what we would also do, since the inside of this building was so big, um, we would make big bonfires inside. And I, again, I apologize to anybody listening about my uh, sinuses right now. I sound terrible, but it's that time of the year. So we uh, had endless supplies of... Uh, wood pallets that we would be able to stack up and we would light them on fire and would have great bonfires in there. And you want to talk about it would turn night into day inside of these buildings. So getting to the evening that the experience happened, we had a really good fire going and uh while we were in there and we were doing whatever we were doing oh and uh, let me also mention it was oh geez it was either it was between four to maybe six stories high 
And they had this staircase that was a combination of both cement and metal. And uh, that will come into play later. But it would light up all the way to the top. And each level uh, had an entire floor. So you could go up one floor and you could walk around and then go up another one and another one. You could even get up to the point where you could be on the very top roof of the, the facility. And at the bottom for maybe the first six or seven steps the stairs were basically destroyed they were falling apart and to get up those stairs you had to walk on the out outer part of it which was the metal part of the stairs where they obviously uh poured the concrete into that part of these uh structures so that you know you had a stair well, they were all destroyed, as I just said, um, so we had to be really careful. And again, looking back, they were very dangerous. We could have fallen and, and gotten killed. Thankfully, nothing happened like that. So this evening that this occurred, we were in there, and all of a sudden, we hear a, a group of these wild dogs, a pack of them. And there was a big pack of them. So what we did is we went, uh, well, we heard them because they were right outside of the building we were in. We walked outside. We moved this makeshift door that we had made. And we went outside to see this, this pack of dogs. And there was, I believe there was probably about five to six uh, dogs that were in this group and they were chasing something. We thought maybe it was, you know, like a, a rabbit or a cat or something. We uh, were trying to see what they were chasing. We did not see it. So what had occurred was whatever they were chasing, they went up that hill of that Coke material and down the other side. Well, as they went to the other side, the first thing we heard right after we lost sight of them was a couple of the dogs were barking, uh, growling. It sounded like they were, they were either fighting with each other, uh, fighting with something else. But what occurred next was you heard a, a, a few of the dogs yelp as if they were in pain, scared, uh, something along those lines. And they really, you know, let out some loud ones. And not long after that, um, half of them came up over the hill and took off. The other ones remaining, one by one, we saw them, uh, I remember two of them got literally launched into the air. One got thrown over the hill, hit the ground, rolled, and got up, and it was running away, but it was living at the same time. And uh, another one got thrown, we didn't see it, but we heard it hit the ground, 
it got up and it ran away and then another one yelped and it just came running over the hill and took off. They all were gone. I mean, you want to talk about gone? It was like a Lamborghini Diablo taking off. They were gone. All of a sudden, as we're watching them run away, wondering what they were seeing or fighting with, my one buddy says, what is that? Now, you have to understand, my, my friend Sean, God rest his soul, uh, was a, a hilarious guy, but he was also like the joker of the crew and for better or for worse he always was trying to pull one over everybody you know so he would try and scare people and he wasn't scaring us we didn't get afraid but he would always be the guy that would be like what's that or trying to freak girls out or whatever and he so immediately when he says what is that we right away said, man, shut up. You know, we, we, you know, it's us. We're not going to buy it. And he says, no, really, you need to look. What is that? And again, we're like, dude, just shut up. Quit it. We're, we're, we're not buying it. Let's go back inside. And then he really yelled, what is that? So we stopped and I was the next one to look. And I looked, and lo and behold, at the top of this hill, of this material, on all fours, was the shadow of an extremely large dog, basically is what it looked like from where we were. It was maybe between 30 to 40 yards away. And, you know, the light coming out of the building from the fire was super bright. And what uh, we saw immediately was eye shine. And I noticed that right away. Eye shine. And it was very pronounced, very bright. It was orangish red. Uh, with kind of a tinge of, of yellow. So it was in that, you know, kind of fire kind of uh, balance there, those three colors. And they, it was very bright pronounced, like I just said. Then my other friends saw it. We were staring at it. We didn't run or do anything. We just were like, you know, we're, it looks like a dog. We're up off the ground. Uh, we're not really worried about it. There's things like bricks and rocks up there that we could throw at whatever it is if it tried to come up. And all of a sudden, and, uh, you know, as I'm saying this right now, the hairs on the back of my neck are standing up on my arms. I'm looking at goosebumps raising as I speak. I still can't believe what I saw that night. This dog or more or less wolf looking creature, whatever it was. And as of this moment, we still thought this was a dog. It looked like it was going to sit down. 
Well, in one motion, it did not sit down. It leaned back and stood up. And I am not kidding. It stood up on two legs. Its legs looked exactly like a dog with, uh, you know, that kind of, uh, you know, what any dog's back legs look like. But it stood up on its hind legs and stood all the way up. And it stayed up. And I could not believe what I was seeing. My other friends could not believe what we were seeing. In fact, I, I, I remember this. My one buddy, Brian, started laughing because we all thought still it was a dog. And we were like, what's it doing? Doing a trick? I mean, you know, what's going on? He started laughing because it looked like it was, you know, just trying to stand on its back legs. But then as it stood up all the way, it was huge. It was tall. I'm not going to venture to say yet how tall I think it was because uh, in a little bit, uh, I will be able to explain why I think I had a better idea of said height. So it stood up and my uh, wood bud Mike freaked out and ran back inside. Not long after that, my buddy Brian ran back inside and then myself and my friend Sean at the same time followed them. And as we were going in, it had started running towards the building and running at an extremely fast pace. So we started to panic. And again, this was not running on all fours. It started to, it went back down to kind of on fours at first. It put its weight on its two front legs. It started taking a few strides and then it was up again, running on its back legs, never going back down. We start panicking, going back inside and we start trying to, as fast as we can, close off that door area that we had made. And uh, we got a couple of them in the space. And then we started to pick one up to place it on top of them. So we wanted to make sure, you know, whatever this was, if it came up, it would be blocked off so it couldn't just hop over the top of it because they were probably about three feet high, four feet at the most. Uh, so uh, as big as this thing looked, it could have hopped over one of them easy. Knowing what I know now, it could have hopped over three of them easy. So we start trying to get it up and we're panicking and they're screaming, get it up, get it up. And we hear at the same time, we hear nails scratching to get up. And then all of a sudden we realize that it's up on the opening. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And as we set that last one, we only got two of them stacked on each other. Uh, we left it because we knew it was right behind it. And we started running and got up onto those stairs and we ran up to the second floor once we got up to the second floor which wasn't easy if you recall i had talked about the stairs were destroyed and the only way up was kind of walking up the outside part of these stairs or the metal so we went up to the stairs and immediately turned right When we turned right, there was a concrete kind of barrier, half wall. So you could turn around and look directly down at that first floor. As soon as we got up there, we hear super loud boom, bang. Well, either because we did a terrible job at stacking that second one, or this creature pushed the top one and the bottom at the same time, causing the top one to fall and the second one to move enough from the, the, the one on top. Since it fell, it pushed the other one kind of out of the way too. Again, we are panicking. We're terrified. We don't know what's going on, but where we're staying quiet, it, All of a sudden, and I'll never forget this, it was like something out of a horror movie. We notice from the light from the fire, once this, this thing starts coming in, 
you could see its shadow against the far wall being displayed as it walks into the middle of that space where the fire was. We started to get a good look at it. And what it was, <laughs> was basically the description that I grew up <laughs> being from the movies I saw you know, be, it looked like a werewolf, basically, for all intents and purposes. And again, we are looking at each other. Our eyes, I, I'll always remember the, the sheer terror in, in two of my buddies' eyes. Their eyes were just as big as saucers. I was on the verge of a breakdown. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. My friend Mike dropped down, so he was hidden out. Once he did that, we did that as well and dropped down, but we were still low enough that we could still see what it was doing. And it was looking around the room. It almost immediately looked right up at us. It saw us and started to walk towards the middle of the room to uh, the, the farther point around the fire where it would be able to be almost directly under us looking up at us. And one of the things that will always stick out in my mind, I will never forget it as long as I live, is it started baring its teeth, which were huge, very large canines. And they, they were very big, very white. Uh, the two large canines on top went out to the sides a little bit. So they went straight down, not straight, but they went down, but at an angle outwards. And then the bottom uh, bigger canine uh, fangs or whatever you want to call them, more came up more straight. It start, It was salivating. Now, be it either it does this on a regular basis or it was hungry or it was displaying uh, you know, uh, some form of of uh, intimidation, uh, but it was it was salivating so much. There was so much uh, just saliva dripping from its mouth that I always remember. I could hear over the fire, over you know my own heart beating in my head so loud it sounded like drums that you could hear the slobber hitting the ground. You could hear it hitting the concrete. And I will always remember that to the day I die. And I remember when I talked to my buddy, Sean, about we really went into discussion. My other two friends uh, did not like to talk about it. They don't really, even when I talked to them recently about it, did not really want to get into it. Uh, but again, my friend Sean, who has passed away, 
uh, him and I, oh, we talked about it in, in depth. We were not afraid to do it. Uh, that was one thing that we always said to each other will stick with us. Its eyes were reflecting the eye shine from the fire, from the bright light from the fire. Again, the, the fiery colors of orange, red, yellow. And so what occurred next was it looks to its left and you could see it saw the stairs. Well, as it, it, more quickly walks towards the stairs. You have to understand the inside of this building had these four giant pillars made out of concrete. And obviously they were the support structures, main support structures for this building. And they were huge. Uh, I, I, I'm sure they were, uh, you know, the circumference of them was at least... 10 to 15 feet around and then height wise it went from floor to ceiling but i i will always remember once it got to the point where it was at the bottom of the stairs looking at how tall it was i i, I again we were looking down so i can't be exact i i have no ability to know for sure but i guarantee you it was a it had to be a minimum of between seven to uh i would say 10 or 11 feet maybe 12. Uh, but the fact, again, 15 years old, that many years ago, terror going through uh, every part of my body and, you know, being looking down at something, it's just so it was it was big regardless. Another thing that will always stand out to me was the width of its shoulders, the muscular uh, arms its forearms, its legs. Uh, you could even see behind the fur on its chest in its stomach area that it, it was, you know, I mean, it was ripped. This thing was built like, you know, and not exactly, but if you've ever seen the movie Van Helsing with Hugh Jackman, he turns into a a lichen or a werewolf in that movie. And he was buff as that werewolf in that movie. It reminds me very similar of how that looked. Uh, not exact, but similar. The color, uh, it was mostly solid, mostly, but I can't tell you for sure if it was black or dark brown I, it, it looked black but i always remember it also had white running underneath it on its chest area under its chin um i think i think its tail might have had i can't remember for sure i think its tail might have had white at the tip and i if i remember right it had uh 
color either uh, 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 blanking out a little here, but it was either brownish or, again, more of a lighter color, maybe tan or white uh, on its like lower paws, like more towards uh, just the smaller part of the foot and the hands it had some uh, lighter colors there it started to go up the staircase and it was so fixated on us that as it started to go up the stairs it either didn't pay attention or didn't care but it missed getting footing on this situation of the broken staircase and putting its footing on the outside of those stairs so it could it could stand on the metal and once it started to try to get up there uh, you know we thought for sure it was going to get up and i'm going to tell you what if it did get up and it did not if it did get up I I am horrified to think whatever would have occurred because it could have killed all four of us easily. We could not have protected ourselves from this thing. It was so massive. It was so big. I don't recall, you know, a lot of people I've heard stories of uh, them saying, uh, they remember the claws on these dogmen. I don't remember that. So uh, I did, as I said earlier, I heard the claws in the in the claws on its feet when it climbed up on the outside of the building when it came in. Uh, I would assume they were big, but I don't recall exactly how big they were or even noticing them. It was looking up at us, and as it started to start to climb up again after it slipped, it fell, and it fell forward. And, and this is how I also knew that it was extremely tall, because when it fell forward, its two uh, hind legs were on the floor, on the bottom at the bottom of the staircase and when it fell forward after missing the stair it put its front legs down on the first step that was still together and like i said you know there was there was a few of those first stairs like six or seven maybe if i were if i remember right that were broken and uh, that's uh, we could not have had our feet on the bottom uh, at the bottom of the stairs and put our front hands, our hands up on that first stair that was able to be stepped on. Uh, we could not have done that. So it was extremely tall. Uh, it had a long tail. So just as it was trying to get up that last time and catch itself and getting its feet under it, we heard a train in the distance. Whenever they would come through that area down there, they would blow the horn on the train and uh, it would come through and it was very loud. Well, it, be it divided or ventured, 
uh, just good timing, whatever. It was perfect timing for the trade. And when it got in front of the building, it turned around and ran out of the building. I do remember this too. And I, the first time you and I spoke, I did not remember this to tell you. As it was leaving, right before the last time we saw it, it turned and looked over its right shoulder up at us. And then it just ran out. It did stop, but it did turn around and look at us. Uh, it ran out and we heard the trade. They, had to see the light down there coming emanating from that fire they had to they never stopped and no one ever came down we actually wish that they did uh we wanted somebody to come as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming i wish i had used indeed if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We were hoping that they saw it and they were going to send security or some security was going to get off the train, that they were going to stop the train to come see what was going on. Or like I said, you know, that they would send police down there. We prayed that somebody was coming now back in 1989 during this time we did not have cell phones so uh we had no ability to contact anyone and we had about a half an hour that we did not move from that spot up on that second floor and all we did was stand there and stare and when we could not hear the train anymore we were horrified because we thought for sure this thing was going to come walking back into the room and it was going to come up there and it was going to kill us. We were in there for about a half hour, 45 minutes, and that's when we finally decided we have to get out of here because it was still relatively early in the night and we had to get out. 
So we decided, let's do it. Let's go. Uh, we did have flashlights. Uh, again, back then we did not have, L they didn't have LED flashlights. So it's not like they have those new kind of super bright flashlights. These were just regular old, you know, plastic flashlights. And I mean, they were semi bright, but not great. And, uh, we turn them on and we leave. And I'm going to tell you what, that was equally as horrifying as it was when it was inside of the building with us because we could not tell where it was. We didn't know if it was behind us, in front of us, if it was waiting for us over the next hill. Uh, when we went over the hill, was it going to come up from behind us and get us? Uh, that fear of just leaving that area to get out of there and get to safety was it, I, I, it scarred me for years, and I, I'm nervous now thinking about it. So we get over that, that one, we cross the railroad tracks, then we have the hill of that, that material they used in the steel mill, and then uh, we had to walk again more space, and you had to go up this huge hill of gravel. Uh, like gravel and dirt and all that. And then once you got up above that, there was the road that led you out to the highway to cross the highway to get to my buddy's house. When we were crawling and you had to literally get on your hands and knees to crawl up this, this last huge hill of gravel and dirt and whatever else was on that. I mean, there was everything there, uh, like, uh, you know, wheels from cars, tires, all kinds of stuff. But we're crawling up on our hands and knees and every all four of us kept turning around uh you there would be a point when one of us would start to slide back down because we would lose our footing because you know we're trying to walk up on gravel and dirt and uh, we would lose our footing and then one of us would start to freak out and the rest of us would watch to make sure it wasn't coming up from behind us. And uh, we had a, a couple times form a human chain to pull us, you know, one at a time up the hill. It, it took us probably another 25 to 40 minutes to get, you know, once we, we uh, crossed those railroad tracks, it took us between 25 to 40 minutes to get, after we crossed the railroad track to go over this that that hill of of uh, coke to up the big hill, like I said, that was horrible. We uh, finally got to the top of the gravel hill. We were so exhausted, we could not run, so we had to walk. We were soaking wet with sweat, uh, dehydrated. Uh, basically in tears, we were so horrified and we, uh, I didn't, 
mention this to you either. Once we got across the highway, it got to my buddy's house who lived down there, who was not with us. His name's Clint. He also, unfortunately, God rest his soul, is not with us anymore. Him and his family were not home. So we couldn't go there and have him let us in. And so we just, you know, got water from the hose. And we ended up getting on our bikes, which we had left at his house. And we went home from there, which was another. Oh, geez, we lived far from that area. So it was probably another half an hour to 45 minutes of bike riding. Uh, and it was up big hills because it was at the bottom of a road. Uh, that's a real famous road in Youngstown, Ohio, called Briar Hill, B-R-I-E-R. And it's a real famous uh, road in Youngstown. And uh, one of the things it's known for is being extremely uh, steep and high. And it's not easy to get up Briar Hill on some bikes, let me tell you. So... Well, we finally got back to my buddy Sean's house. We were exhausted. We were horrified. Um, I remember once we got there, uh, you know, we talked about it, what we saw and what we thought it was. And, you know, it just, it, it was, it was basically to the point once we started talking about it. My buddy uh, Brian and uh, my other friend Mike had basically shut down. Uh, me and my friend Sean were the only ones talking about it. They had called their parents to come get them. Uh, I ended up spending the night at my buddy Sean's house, but we were messed up. We were really uh, horrified, and uh, even at night, even though we were far, uh, you know, from downtown, even though, uh, you know, it would take long for this thing to find, you know, if it knew where we were, it would take it long to get there. Uh, you know, we felt we were far enough away that we, we weren't going to hopefully see it, but we were still all night long, paranoid, scared, uh, that it was going to maybe show up or, you know, and, I mean, we even heard, I remember it was real, it got to the point later that night when I was, we were uh, watching TV at his house, it started getting real windy, uh, and he he had this wood tree right outside his window that the wood branch would always hit the window when it was real windy, and we kept thinking this thing was out there, and it wasn't, but I'm going to tell you what, Vic. That was a harrowing experience that really happened. And I'll, I'll never forget when we woke up, I asked my buddy, the first thing I said to him is, did, did that really happen last night? And he said, you know, he said, right to me, I was just going to ask you the same thing. And then we called our other two buddies and asked them, you know, how they were and they were freaked out. And, uh, you know, we actually, after that had never gone down there again. 
Uh, and that, like I said, that was like our, one of our main spots. That's, we love to go down there. We spent years going down there, but after that happened, uh, that was it. We stopped going down there. I remember years later, my buddy Sean and I had, you know, driven near the area, but we did not go back. Uh, I have a number of friends that are police officers. I've thought about telling them and asking them if they would go down with me. So I didn't, I didn't want to hurt this thing or try and kill it or anything. I just wanted to go back down and see if we could find it and at least just see it. But I never asked it. And I got into that mindset of, you know, they're going to think I'm crazy, uh, you know, especially, you know, even though they're great friends of mine to this day, you know, they're police officers. Now, either, and I've heard this many times, that there are a lot of police officers or military uh, that know all about Bigfoot and dogmen and other cryptids and you know, aliens and such, but you know, you, I'm sure you also have those that they just can't open their mind and they've never seen anything like that and had it happen or had it close to them, uh, where someone they knew had an experience or, you know, so the majority of, Anybody that has ever mentioned things like that to most police officers, you know, I'm sure they get scoffed at or asked if they're on drugs or drunk or crazy or, you know, we just didn't want that. So that is my story about what occurred uh, when I was 15 years old with uh, this dogman experience. And uh, it has stuck with me through the years. Well, when you have such a terrifying experience as that one, it's going to stick with you through the years. You deserve a lot of credit to have an experience like that and go on to live such a productive life. Yeah, that couldn't have been easy. I'll tell you what, Matt, since you're so under the weather right now and myself, I'm just getting over something, let's reconvene this next week if you don't mind. I've got a bunch of questions I'd like to ask you. Does that sound good? Would you be able to yeah. come back next week and... Yeah, sure. Then I'll, I'll obviously have, you know, I will be stuffed up. Well, like I told you, I just hope you feel better soon. Having said that, thanks again so much. Have a great night. If you've had a dogman encounter of your own and would like to speak with me, whether in private or on the show, please go to dogmanencounters.com and submit a report. I'd love to hear from you.